forgot that I pretty much didn't fuck with Molly even before she and Issa fell out. Like I felt so many of these negative feelings towards her while I was watching the show and they mainly manifested when the friendship had broken up. So I was kind of like, yeah, I did forget what I felt about her prior to their friendship breakup. But yeah, don't really care for her. I don't. And I don't think that she and Issa should continue to be friends. I feel like they've outgrown their friendship and that's okay. That happens in life. And I think they're just so used to being best friends that are joined together at the hip. They just feel like that's what needs to continue because she's been my friend for this long. I can't just drop her. You can. If it, if she, I feel like if people are not adding value to your life and they're not making you feel good about yourself and your friendship with them feels like a chore, which is the vibe I'm getting from both of them, just snip, snip. It's time to call it a day. And you don't even necessarily need to cut each other off completely and not fuck with each other. Just don't be best friends like don't be with each other all the time seeing each other every day maybe you're just meant to be friends that link up every once in a while and that is also okay Aye, you niggas is blocking your blessings. If you so worried about me getting bested, bitch, I'm a business. You wanna get in it? Go put down your phone and pick up a pen. I understand. Thought you were smart, blind the blind, you're all in the dark. I know you used to see a mediocre. I know the bar getting lower and lower. Nigga wanna constrict me like a boa. Snake in the grass, but I got the mower. I went and put the city on my shoulders. They got my name at the top of the totem. They know about me cause somebody told them. Bitches is soft, you know I'ma fold them. He say I'm heavy, I told him I'm loaded. You need to put this pussy on a podium. You need to shut up, let the pussy speak. A lot of you real niggas acting weak. I think you really mad at your daddy, but get on the internet aiming at me. I think you motherfuckers need a hug. I think you motherfuckers need a shot. I think you motherfuckers. Fuckers need to buy a ticket to the show and come open your mouth. I make a nigga hit the hurt face. This that stub your toe kind of pain. This that real bitch from the south side of that H-Town switching lanes. This that shit real niggas ride to. I make music real bitches buy to. Yeah, I'm sexy, but I'm gangster. I make real killers come find you. Bitches ain't built like Megan. God took his time where he made it. Get too much shine and get shady. I don't follow niggas. I date it. If I fuck you, boo, don't worry. These niggas seasonal like McFlurries. But my outfits be so summertime. Make a nigga crash because I'm Kirby. Hey, yeah. Uh, bitch, I'm up now, ain't no question. Hmm. Giving these rappers a lesson. Hmm. I should go work at the church. Hmm. Cause they know making a blessing. Hmm. They don't like me cause I'm cocky. Well, how can I help them? My sexy self. And I'm in love with my sexy self. I need a boo that's gonna sex me well. Should we shag now, shag later? Huh. I'm trying to figure rock on some paper. Huh. They wanna eat, not cater. Huh. Stanley too wild, can't tame her. Ayy. They say that Megan too rowdy. Huh. It should be showing her body. Ayy. I bet if they got the chance. Huh. They will come do it just like me. Ah. Real hot girl shit. That's right. I had to let the whole freestyle ride out for those of you motherfuckers that say Megan can't rap. Now you can say you don't like her all you like. 
You guys know I'm a hottie, so yes, this is how we start this week. You can say you don't like Megan, that's absolutely fine. Her music ain't to your taste, that's not a problem. I can't stand it when you hear people that you clearly don't listen to her music or you haven't been fucking with her from the beginning and you don't actually know of her ability. So you just see shit people say about her online, about how she can't rap, how all her shit sounds the same, how all her shit's trash and you just mimic. No, she's got bars, she can rap, so don't do that. What I will say is Megan, for whatever reason, has not been releasing good music this past year. Why, I don't know. Was it this year that good news came out? I feel like that was last year. So basically what I'll say is since March 2020, because I believe that's when Sugar came out, she hasn't really been releasing the best of tunes. I've liked one or two... Yeah, one or two tunes here and there. I actually was quite fucking with Thought Shit. Um, what else do I like from Good News? Even though everyone hates it, I like Body, not because it's like bars, but it's just not for, for me personally. These rap chicks, they make songs for me. Like I am part of their crowd that they are catering to because I don't feel like music always has to be that serious. Some songs are just to shake your ass and have fun too. It doesn't need to be that deep because I was hearing even like Have Mercy, Chloe Bailey's single. I was hearing quite heavy critique on that. It's like, oh, the lyrics don't really make sense. And it's, I just felt like she wasn't really saying much. I'm like, you lot, like, we've actually gone to a place where we're, we're too critiquey about music. Some music is just supposed to be fun. It's just meant to shake your nyash too. It's okay. It doesn't have to, you know, she doesn't have to be spitting the the craziest, most invoking thoughts. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, my, like the most thought-provoking lyrics don't have to be coming out of her mind when essentially it's meant to make you get up and shake your ass. Like, it, I just don't really understand that why we've gotten to that point because some music is fun some music is meant to be critiqued heavily um or like you know broken down or whatever i feel like megan has had a run in the last year where she is making fun music and dancing and you know doing what she enjoys but not really seriously barring for some reason and this is where my issue comes in i don't really understand why you can't combine the two i don't understand why like and i know I just said like music has to be, music can be fun. But uh, what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be like those kind of lyrics either. It's like, ooh, she was doing, she was being crazy. Like it doesn't have to be like that. It just, it doesn't have to be bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I don't understand why, like, yeah, she's, she's, she's released a lot of lazy songs is what I would say for her ability. And I just don't quite understand the reason. I don't think that it's, it's her that's behind it. I think she wants to show people that she can really, really spit and that she's serious about this shit. For whatever reason, her team just want to do the TikTok rollouts. But my thing is you can still make them good songs. They don't have to be trash anything little tunes. But you know, because like when you come to things like Crybaby and Movie with Lil Durk and, you know, those kind of, it's just awful. And I'm like, why is Megan doing this? What's new is it? Oh, there was some really bad songs on Good News. I wasn't happy about it at all. And anyway, sorry, I wasn't actually aiming to go straight into Megan, but since we're here, let me just quickly intro myself. Welcome to the Underrated Podcast with your host, yours truly, Hannah OJ. Hi, guys. Sorry, we're starting with the Megan standing a little early. But, um, you know, 
I played the freestyle out as I added it to the to the episode. I usually add it afterwards, so it just got me in the vibe. And I was actually going to go singles, albums, or projects, and then videos. But we'll start here because Megan's is the only project that I listened to that came out this week anyway. So we'll just start with new music. We'll get straight into it because it is just me. And yeah, we'll start with Megan. So Megan Stallion released uh, a project. I would, is it mixtape, EP? I, I don't even know. I uh, don't even think that projects necessarily have to, we don't have to know what they are. Like they just release projects now. So it's called Something for the Hotties. So we knew it was for us, for the fans. And she is dressed like the devil because obviously it's meant to be like a Halloween themed kind of thing. I did think it's interesting that there was no backlash that Lil Nas X got. <gasps> I wonder why that is. Jokes, we know what that is, obviously. But I just think it's funny that people are so... Uh, they're out here with their pitchforks when it's Lil Nas X. They're making clubhouse rooms and talking all day on a Sunday about it. But then as soon as Megan does it, it's like, ah, oh, what's new? Uh, that's funny. But you know what I mean? Like, I just thought it was interesting. But yeah, obviously she's only doing that for Halloween anyway. I think Megan has actually mentioned that Halloween's her favourite holiday before. I don't remember. I couldn't find the quote, but I'm pretty sure she said that before. And I think that it was really clever to do this project, given that, if that is the case. I really like the fact that she kind of did a Halloween-themed project. Even um, the Southside Forever freestyle in it, she changed the instrumental a little bit. She amended the horn slightly to sound more haunted and give it a, a Halloween kind of feel. So I like that. I like little things like that. I appreciate that because it shows that Megan is trying to push a message out there. Like she's trying to show people who she is and what she likes to do, what she enjoys, what she likes to have fun with. And she clearly cares about her fans because I genuinely feel like the reason why she released these freestyles, because obviously some of them have been released before. So I've heard them before. But um, so, yeah, so she... Clearly, I, I feel like she likes to reassure her fans and let them know, I know you guys feel like, you know, I'm just turning into this kind of artist now that's just putting out trash and I'll never go back to Tina Snow, which is what we fell in love with. And I feel like she hears that and is trying to subtly reassure us without, you know, going against what the label wants her to do. I'm still out here and I'm coming by doing these freestyles, by releasing something for the hotties. Don't get me wrong, when I first heard something for the hotties, I did not like it. Mainly because, and I've now kind of zeroing in on Meg Megan's issue. Mainly because nearly every one of those tunes sounded like workout tunes, which is great for when you're working out. But like for enjoyment, mm, entertainment purposes, I just wasn't really feeling it. And I was just kind of like, okay, like this is great, but like, I just don't really understand like, they're just all workout like do you know what I mean like it, it just everything I'm hearing I just feel like this is great to be active and fit to but it's not really giving me much more than that and I'm just a bit like I'm not really feeling it but I wasn't really I was doing something as well so sometimes with music you really just need to be doing nothing else and just listen because when I did hear it back a second time I was like okay I did judge too harshly because I am enjoying it now I don't like I would I won't say I like a lot of songs on there but I do like quite a few. So my faves that I didn't know prior to the release of the project are Out of Town Out of Town Freestyle, Megan's Piano. I love the use of the piano. I don't think that's very common in freestyles to just rap along to the beat of a piano or the melody of the piano. 
I really like that. And I like the actual freestyle as well. I thought it was good. Bagels. I really like bagels. I like that a lot. Um, and I love the instrumental and Megan's flow on it. I really like it. Eat It is okay, but the beat is very distracting. I don't even remember what's in the beat on the background, but anything, someone's talking, someone's saying something, it's a woman saying something and I don't remember what it is. But beats like that where it's like, and when I say saying something, it's not just like a small little thing that we're just kind of meant to catch slightly and not hear. Like, as in, it's almost taking over the song. And I just find it really distracting. It can't, because I get distracted easily anyway. So I can't really focus on what the artist is saying or rapping. Like, I just don't even really know what's going on. And I just kind of stop listening halfway through. Um, but I did like Eat the Hook and yeah, it was kind of taking me somewhere, but I was like, oh, this hook is too distracting. It kind of reminded me of that song on um, the Notorious K.I.M. album because I love Lil' Kim. She's one of my favourite rappers. Um, and I think it's called Custom Made. It's the second song on the on the album. And it's just like, because the song is about sex. Oh, obviously it's Lil' Kim. But, you know, it, it's just a woman moaning in the background while she's having sex. And I get it. Obviously the song's about sex, about, you know, getting it's clearly about that level of climax because it's that, you know, I'm not going to make the sound, but you know, when it's like, wow, this is good. Like, you know, it was that moan. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But really all I'm thinking of is this bitch is distracting me from the song. And then halfway through the song, I get horny. So I'm just like, okay, this is fun and everything, but it's not for me. But yeah, so I, I appreciated that. I really think, and she even like tweeted like, this is Hot Girl Meg, this is Tina Snow. I'm not going to lie. One or two of the songs, maybe she felt like they were Tina Snow. Mm, me, I was like, Tina Snow can go in harder than that. But I would like you, because Megan can rap you lot. Cock- listen, if you lot are not aware of her bars, listen to Cocky as Fuck. Listen to... Well, to be fair, Hot Girl is one of my favourite songs by her, but I won't say she's got bars, bars in that. Let me get on my phone. Because for anyone that's listening now, because I know the streets love to trash Megan and act like she's the shittest rapper alive. And it really upsets me. Because yes, her music has not been the best this year, but she can rap. Let's not do that. Say you just don't feel her music, but she can rap. Captain Hook. Bars. Um, what else do I like on Sugar? I like Crying in the Car, but that's a sad song. So don't listen to that one. The original Savage is good. You guys probably won't have that in your heads because Savage Remix is obviously what did numbers because Beyonce is on it. But Savage Remix is a good song. Um, Shots Fired, that's on Good News, which is not her best project, but it's good. Shots Fired is obviously for Tori and Kelsey. Um, Do It On The Tip. I think Megan's actually going in on that song. Not her hardest bars but I like it um I think it's fun most people will probably be like oh city girls Megan shit but I like do it on the tip I think it's fun I like JT's sexy voice in it love it freaky girls is good body I like body I love go crazy with big Sean and two chains I love Megan's verse on that even girls in the hood I don't know how much I like the fact that she used the boys in the hood instrumental just because there's certain instruments that you're just never going to really think about you're always going to think about the original song but i do like she rapped crazy on that i love megan's um megan's bars on that so i just don't like i just feel like it's lazy critique when people say like oh everything sounds the same it's the same flow it's the same flow no it's not freak nasty she's spitting in that cocky as fuck is probably my song for megan like in terms of like what what can put me on the floor right now with Megan's bars? I think it would be cocky as fuck. 
And um, one of my freestyles that I really like by her as well is not a released one that's got like an actual title. I'm actually going to see if I can find the video now. Fuck it. Let me just play it because I love this freestyle. A lot of these dudes want to hit it with Megan. He heard I roll it like a Jamaican. Sorry. Um, I'm looking for it. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Cause sorry, guys. This is not part of the plan. But fuck it. We play in it. Because every so often I go to this video and I just repeat this freestyle. Ah, here it is. Okay. When I make a jigger, well, I'll let him smack it. When you win it from behind, I'm looking at your face. In the mirror, you be lying. If you tell me this ain't mine, how you lick it up and die, must be trying to make it shine. Like a slip and slide ride, do it slow, then rewind. Name a bitch, you know who fucking with my flow. Your dick getting stiff, watching my videos. Record it on my phone, then put it in slow mo. I'm a real deal, no faking, no porn, no. Bitch, settle down, hope it's money in your prison. He gon' act a fool when he see me and just get me. Gotta tell him, calm down, we in public, don't sweat me. If we're in my end, tell me how you gon' sex me. Fill up in the old, make a nigga say ah. If he ask for my number, it's Chanel number nine. If I really got the time, if the nigga really mind, then he really won't mind. If I pull up late, just to ride that face, he wanna be down, he respect my chase. That's why I gotta keep a special place for you. Cause when I'm done in the booth, I'm coming home to you. You can never take a L off a real bitch. I'm hotter than them hoes that you chill with. Up against me, bitches never win. If he ever hit the stallion, he'll be back again. Ah. Apologies for me joining in on that freestyle, but I just couldn't help it. I was going to do it again without doing that, but really and truly, I was going to do it again. <laughs> so I didn't bother wasting my time because I just love that freestyle, even though it's not like she's spitting fire per se. It's just she's having fun. Her flow, in my opinion, is professional. She's just acts like she's doing it with ease. She's not really taking it too seriously. She just, it's almost like she's just talking conversationally, but she's just doing it expertly on beat. I, I can't really explain it. It feels like I'm having a conversation with my friend about normal shit that women would talk about, but in a fun way. And it's entertaining and makes you want to dance. And I just, I can't really describe it. And I think that that's why certain people can just, like we can just appreciate music differently because it just speaks to people in different ways. I personally love seeing women act unapologetically sexy and in ways that infuriates men and society because they've been told not to. There's nothing that thrills me more, nothing. So when I just hear Megan rapping like this, and even, you know what the best part for me in this is the niggas, because they're in the car park, I think. It looks like the top of a car park. And you can see one or two niggas around her. There's a few more, because if you, if you look at the whole YouTube video, I had to cut, cut this specific part just for me <laughs> but the whole video is multiple people rapping I think Megan is the only woman I believe I don't watch the whole thing though so please correct me if I'm wrong there could be another female rapper in there but I'm pretty sure she's the only one and um you kind of see all the other rappers 
go from sexualizing her, like you can see all of them looking at her because she looks sexy. She's wearing this crop top. She has her titties. She's wearing shorts and heels. She just looks good. Like she looks good. So obviously the men are looking her up and down. So it just, it really, really thrills me to see them going from sexualizing her to respecting her for her bars because a few of the niggas, she wraps circles around them. The one of them, I really, I need to go back to that video and actually listen to his verse because Megan's face while he's spitting is so fucking hilarious. You just, <laughs> you just look at her face like, oh, his his rhymes are, are ass, aren't they? Okay, that that's what it is. Cause she just like, her face is like, oh, ew. <laughs> But yeah, um, for the hotties, something for the hotties, I wasn't feeling it at first, but I do appreciate it now. And I do think that it's not just because I did mention the, the freestyles that I appreciated that I hadn't heard before. Um, the ones that I really liked, which were, just to repeat them, Bagels, Out of Town Freestyle, Megan's Piano. I really like those three, especially Megan's Piano. I think that would have to be my... I go between Megan's Piano and Bagels. They're both quite different. But I like ba- Bagel, she's in her bag. Like she's really rapping. Like she's comfortable. You can tell. Megan's piano, I feel like that was something a little bit new for her. But I like it. I really like Megan's piano. Um, but I also love Megan Monday Freestyle, the Southside Forever Freestyle. Thought shit was on there, which I like, but it was the Bless the Booth Freestyle for me. And that's what we introed the episode for this week with. So for you guys that listen to the freestyle right at the beginning, usually I only play like a 30 to 40 second snippet. Sometimes a minute of the song's really good, but never really exceeds more than a minute. I had to play the whole freestyle because I just thought I can't, I can't cut her off. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I I just really like the freestyle. I really, really like it. And I do think that we are all very biased when it comes to music. There's just certain people we just fuck with more. So you're going to be a little bit more lenient when you're critiquing them. I do get that. It comes with the territory. But I do feel like people critique Megan way too harshly. She doesn't help by releasing, you know, the songs that she releases. But I do think that people are kind of always ready to say they hate her songs. And I kind of feel like, well, if you feel that strong about it, just don't listen, don't check for it then. Like, I don't really understand. Like, why are you checking for something that you feel is always going to be bad? It just doesn't really make sense to me, but cool. Um, She does have a bar in there. This is what I will end with. Cause there is one slight, uh, not negative, but like I did, it did confuse me when she said, um, can you really dance bitch? Or is it just TikTok? And I was like, uh, well, Meg, <laughs> like, I mean, we could ask you that, sis. But it's it's fine. Like, I still love you. I still fuck with you. But I I do kind of feel like, because she's made it very clear she loves dancing. And it's not easy to rap and dance at the same time. So I think she is doing a a really good job. The best job of all the rappers right now. None of the other rappers can dance like that. I can't lie. Megan is the only one that I enjoy her performances and does dance well. But when I say dance well, professional, clean, clean, as precise as we need it. Honestly, the artists like Cece and Beyonce, they made it look easy to the point where people just think they can do it. It's very hard to dance that expertly, that skillfully, especially rapping. Like, I, don't correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but has there ever been a rapper that dances dances? Like how Beyonce and, well, not Beyonce. Let me stop saying Beyonce and Cece's comparison, but... Yeah, let me stop saying that because they're not even doing moves like them. They are kind of just doing one, two step kind of moves. But 
Is there a, a rapper that I'm just not thinking about that has danced along to her lyrics? Missy Elliott did some dancing, but I don't feel like it was dance. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, I always felt like she had more dancers in the background as opposed to her herself doing it. So maybe they, the rap girls could take a leaf out of Missy's book. I don't think it's a bad idea because I like the idea of seeing dancing and rapping at the same time. I do think it's something we haven't been blessed with often enough. We more get dancing with singing as opposed to rapping it. It's nice to see that, but I do think she needs to work on the dance moves just a little bit, especially if she's going to start taking shots at other dancers. I don't feel like you're at that level yet, sis. I think you need to work on your craft just a little bit before you can start stunting on these hoes. And that's where I'll leave it. But I love you Meg, I fuck with you Meg. And one really funny comment that I saw on Bagels on YouTube is that someone said she manifested Party with that song. And I agree, I thought that was hilarious and absolutely true because her and Party are so, so cute together. Like you can tell they happy and they just, yeah, they doing their thing. And I like that for her. But anywho, that was something for the hotties. So if you're a hottie and you haven't listened yet, I suggest you take a listen. You enjoy it. It's only a 45 minute listen because the songs are not very long, but it's fun. It's fun. I'll definitely be going back to a few tunes because so I can't lie and sit here and say, yeah, I hated it because I will be going back to the bagels and I will be going back to make it to piano. So there's that. So for singles, usually I would go the other way around, but we led with Megan, like I said. So best of me, Alicia Keys. This was released on the 26th of October. Um, the song's okay. It's a bit boring. I did find myself being more excited for it than I thought, like that, than I have been excited for Alicia Keys releases in a while. And that's because I really fuck with Lala. I love Lala. I don't know if I spoke about it on here. I feel like that might've been in our week break. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. But either way, oh my God, I love Lala. And the more I listen to it, the more I really like it. I really enjoy it. And Sway Lee is on it. And he does a really good job too. But Alicia brings, because Sway Lee brings some kind of a vibe that's just unique and so enjoyable. So it's hard to kind of shine next to him. And, but of course I know it's Alicia, but her music has mm, fallen a little flat for me lately. It's only really her last album, Alicia, that did it for me in, in, a, in a, a long time. So yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Alicia's coming. She's, 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 getting into a new because it wasn't like oh like it wasn't diary of alicia keys but it was new it was a, a little i can't really describe it <sighs> would i say a little bit of jill scott but vibes just slightly it was just a lot more peaceful a lot more tranquil i don't know like it, it was just a different vibe it was just the beat really that made it like a little bit more of a i guess r&b sound but without that really and truly yeah this is I don't, I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say so you know when you're trying to describe something you're like who knows but I really fuck with Lala anyway sorry that wasn't meant to be what it's about it's about best of me and I guess that's how you know I really wasn't fucking song like that to go into Lala but that's why I had high hopes for it for best of me because I really like her last release which was Lala and yeah best of me it didn't do it for me it was all right but you know, I'm glad to see that Alicia is back making music. Um, she did say she was going to come with a project soon. So I am looking forward to that. I'm very much looking forward to that because I did really like her last one. Wasted Energy is a beautiful song. Jill Scott, beautiful song. Of course it is. But, you know, um, yeah, it's a good project. Uh, Ice Baby, Flo Millie. Flo Millie shit, bitch. I love Flo Millie. 
I use love a lot because I just I love I, I like I just like spreading love and positivity. So I use love like exaggeratingly, but I do really fuck with Flo Millie. I do love Flo Millie. I just love how playful and unserious she is on the tune, but serious. Like she has an edge and she spits. So like, I, I do like it. I do like Flo Millie. Um, but I it, I do feel like Ice Baby was missing the playfulness that Flo Millie usually brings to the track. But I do feel like it's intentional at the same time because it was meant to be a sexy song. I noticed that they made her do a sexier, huskier voice. But I like Ice Baby. Ice Baby is one of those songs that you listen to and think, mm, it's either going to be a playoff of Ice Ice Baby. And I don't think it is because it's not a sample of that because it's very distinctable, a, a dis, you know, distinctable, distinct, distinct. What the fuck is the word distinct? Anyway, you would notice <laughs> the Ice Ice Baby sample. <laughs> so it's not off of that, but it is a really, I, I like the song. It's a really fun song. And I think Flo Millie did her thing on that because it's so easy. Like these days, a lot of the rappers that are making fun tunes, they don't really seriously rap on these songs. They just push it out. They're like, yeah, we're going to stream. We're going to promote this. And, you know, as many people to stream it as possible. And yeah, we move on to the next one after that. But I feel like Flo Millie didn't want to do that. And she really actually provided, and I'm actually going to leave a snippet right here. I know you sick of the sick. I spent the mill on the kick. Water dripping on the tits. Look at the brick on my wrist. I got a mad now. I can feel the tension and bad vibes. Aiming for these hoes like a headshot. Never letting up, I ain't playing now. Ice baby, that shit dripping on me. I can't fuck the nigga, treat him like a homie. Only speak on my name if you really want it. I'm the golden ticket, this ain't Willy Wonka. Um, you niggas ain't stopping shit with me. Not all the broke bitches wanna beef. Money talk, I'm speaking Guapanese. But with rest, I'm getting to the cheese. Ain't no coming back if I say I'm a leave. Don't know how to act, got them all on his knees. Got a fake page, I see you stalking me. Super soak, I got him falling deep. Fuck her up, bitch, you not in my league. Ducking cops, I ain't checking the speed. Gucci socks, we got matching APs. Boss bitch, I'm who they wanna be. Scary ass hoe, looking like Cinderella lost her show. That low budget won't make me move. I'm too rich to lose my cool. SS, mm, ice, ice, baby, baby, ice, ice, baby, baby. So, yeah, I'm fucking with Ice Baby. I like it. The only critique I would have is the beat is boring. I'm not feeling it. I feel like they shouldn't have made Flo Millie be the only one that works hard to make us pay attention on the song. Like, the beat was just anything. It was just dreary and just dead, I feel like. Um, they could have had a bit more of an exciting instrumental to make the song a, more, a little bit more fun. But, yeah, I like it. Um, so, next on my list that I've listened to this week is Look What You've Done by Emily Sande. So she released that on the 26th of October and she also released a version with JK on it on the same day. So I don't really like either. I mean, the JK version has literally just got JK's verse on it. So it's the exact same as the other one. Um, the only thing I liked about it was JK's verse, if I'm honest. I hate saying that. It's the underrated podcast. I bring women into the forefront. But yeah, I have to be honest. Um I just, I, I just didn't like it. <laughs> I just didn't really get it. It just seemed a bit messy. Like, as in not the song, the arrangement of the song was messy. I just, it was a lot going on. I just didn't really get it. Um, and I love Emily Sande. It was a bit different to what I'm used to. I feel like Emily Sande kind of gives me the opposite effect of what this one does. Um, Emily Sande kind of makes me listen to her and calm down. I don't know how to explain that. 
But there's certain singers that when you're kind of going through it and going through a meltdown, you listen to them and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't really explain it. And Emily Sande is one of those people for me. She's just got such a beautiful voice that just makes you just think and listen at the same time. And this track did not do that for me. It just made me wonder what the hell's going on. And yeah, it just makes me hope, like, because I was still happy to see she'd released a song though, because it makes me hope that a project is coming soon because her last project was in 2019. So hopefully we will be receiving something from Emily Sunday soon because I do love her. Um, I don't know why I'm saying her like that all of, all the time today. Sorry. But hey, but yeah, anyway, Money Calling... Um, so that was released on the 28th of October. It was released on the Graham Daly's YouTube channel. Ray is an artist that I've been meaning to check out for a while, but I haven't got around to it yet. So I haven't actually been familiar with her music. I put her on my title feed when I saw her speaking out on issues with her label, but the song I listened to didn't really, I didn't really take them in properly. The songs I listened to by Ray, I know I listened to one or two, but sometimes, cause I, I'm so... I get so distracted so easily when I'm doing stuff, when I'm on my phone, when I'm out and about, I just, sometimes I'm listening to music, but I'm not listening, you know? And that was pretty much what that was. So I couldn't even tell you what, what songs sounded like, what they were like or anything. So I just meant to go back to it. So this is the song, this is the kind of the first song that's kind of like, I think that I would call this my introduction to Ray, even though it's not like I've definitely heard or listen to one or two other songs, even though I can't name them now. But I would say this is my introduction to her because it's the first thing that I can put her name on it. That I'm like, yeah, this is her. And I, that I could recognise as being Ray, should I say. And I really like this song. The song is dope for me. And it's all because of Ray. I wrote my spliff on the sunrise half past six in an all black Louis V drip. I can sleep when I get my fix There's some very dark nights I've lived And I'm making those top ten hits See, I'm good at this pop star shit Just cast my like this Doesn't mean I can't take your bitch James, Jamal and John All of my exes singing my songs Write my songs and I write her songs Life is sweet and the money don't last And for my bitches, catch me outside None of you know what I did to survive Everyone who streamed that, followed that, played that Back G fights, key changed my life I pull up right now, it's 100k minimum Life feels good when you're making millions Met a new ting, he was making billions Got on one knees, I had to get rid of him Since 16 every night I pray Now I'm having dinner with Pete and Jay I'm a Croydon girl with a payment's grain I had no plugs, I paid my way, yeah My pride too high, I never asked you for help Well, you should pre the house I just bought for myself Still in the ends, South London, baby For what it's worth, I'm glad you played me Now none of these men never matter to me Got my girls, got my cars, got my green and my weed No, baby, ring, ring Is that money calling? Is that shit you have to spend it to believe it, darling? Firstly, I love the Unfaithful sample. It's Unfaithful by Rihanna. I believe I mentioned last week how I love a sneaky sample uh, when I was talking about MIA, Ray Black. I think I said that in my review, actually, of Ray Black's album, Access Denied. If you guys haven't checked it out and you are Ray Black fans, check that out. I do a breakdown of Access Denied. It's fun. And yeah, when I was talking about MIA, I was like, I love a sneaky sample because MIA samples Foolish by Shanti and it's not an obvious one. It took me a couple of listens. And I was like, oh, this is Foolish. I like it. I love samples that don't just make the song sound like it's a remix of the original because we're just not going to think about your song. We're just going to think about the original. And I think it's called Provisional License. Did he use a sample? I don't think he even used a sample, but it's Millions. 
it's a song called Provisional Song Provisional License. I think it is. And it's kind of a drill anthem, but to the tune of Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. That's creativity. I like that. I fucked with that. I fucked with that. And I don't even think it's instrumental. I think he just does it to the are you walking are you walking yeah any like i think he just does that himself I, I just i really that's creativity to me that's a way to make us feel nostalgia but gravitate to your thing i like that and i feel like they achieved that with using this unfaithful sample i fuck with it ray sounds great on it her voice is not the most incredible voice you've ever heard but she sounds good her voice is sultry but gritty at the same time and it doesn't come across too forced because what they like to do is, especially when it's a mixed race girl and it's on a drill song alongside someone like Russ, they would love to force the, oh, I'm a hood girl. And I just, I'm not, no one's feeling that. Do you know what I mean? It's When it's authentic, people can tell. I think people feel like the public are dumber than they really are. You can feel authenticity. So if it's forced, we'll pick up on it. If it's real, we will pick up on it. And Ray, you can tell, like she she referenced in the song, she's from Croydon. You can tell she's a South girl, but she don't force it too much. Because if she did, it wouldn't be believable. And I really, really like that. She completely, she made that song. That's her song for me. It's, she, it was really good. And I loved how in the video, she's in a circle with all her girls. I really love that female artists are doing that these days, not just in the like female empowerment way, but just in a casual, I'm chilling with my girls, right? We drinking, we smoking, we turning up. I believe I mentioned that about Ray Black's lovesick music video as well in my breakdown. She's got a little scene where she's with her girls and they're eating Chinese food. They're just like in a little dark room, just just in, talk about men probably and just drinking and talking as we do, you know? And I just, I really like stuff like that because it's so, that's so us, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's just so what we do as women. Just talk to our girls and it don't have to be any particular like special kind of night out or settings. We just, we, we girlies and we just talking. And I like that. Um, Yeah. And it's like I said, it's Ray's song to me. Russ is just there. And he just wasn't needed. It's clear that the song, he was put there so the song gets traction since Drill is like the in sound right now. And The Beat Freaks was really good on it as well. Or good. Ray was really good. The Beat Freaks was good. But honestly, it could have just been Ray's song for me. I really enjoyed it. And I will definitely be checking out her music um, after this, probably, because I did say I would listen to new music tonight. So I will be checking out her music. So just let's wrap up music quickly. So Young Miami released Rap Freaks yesterday, actually, 29th of October. So <laughs> this one had some people on the TL in a frenzy. Only a few. <laughs> you know how the vlogs do. Make it seem bigger than it really is. But um, yeah, Young Miami. So this video is, it's a very short song. So it's not very long. Uh, Young Miami kitted out in latex lingerie. She's walking into a kind of sex dungeon. There's two other bitches on the bed. They're playing with whips, handcuffs. There's a sex swing, which Young Miami gets on almost immediately. There's a sex swing, which like young, there's a sex swing, which young Miami gets on almost immediately to let us know that she ain't wasting any time. She got the nipple covers. They're not, they're not tassels, but they're the nipple covers, just little patches, you know. Anyway, she got a mask on as well, I believe. But um, she's, so she a real freak is what she's trying to tell us. 
Um, so this song is basically she's calling out all the rappers that she'd like to fuck or maybe has fucked. It's one of them ones. It's very, you know, Barbie Dreams, Nicki Minaj, Biggie Dreams. What other songs have they done now? There, there's a, been a few. I just can't bother to figure it. Yeah, there's been a few. Um, so this is an interesting song. She kind of alluded that she and Megan fuck from time to time, in my opinion. That's how I took it anyway. The lyric is drive the boat. And Megan is the only female artist that she spoke about as well. So I find that very interesting. So she's got this bar, drive the boat, sit on Megan's face, ride it like a stallion. Everything we do is on the low, fuck social media. To me, that means she's your secret sex buddy. Well, not really a secret. It seems like, you know, Party and Diddy are probably happy with it and very, you know, much participating. However, this is just me, you know, clutching at straws, but you know, a lot of these artists in the industry, they're very sexual, they're very free spirited. You know, they're at all of these events with lots of liquor, lots of drugs. I'm sure some some shit, I can't talk today, some shit goes down. And I don't remember what party it was, but I do remember seeing a video of Megan Thee Stallion and Young Miami looking like they had been kissing at some after party or event. So it didn't really shock me that line, but it seems that I feel like they're kind of being open with it because Megan had all before the, the video, I believe had said something about like, I'd like to take young Miami on a date, something like that. Cause they're both, you know, proud bisexual women. Like they're both very vocal about liking men and women. So, you know, I just think that's, that's nice to see. I like seeing women in, Br- I know that, you know, there's some bisexual women or women that aren't even bisexual. They just do it to, you know, look attractive to men basically. And I know a lot of people just assume that a lot of female rappers are doing that, but I genuinely don't feel like it just because if you look in all of their videos and stuff, while yes, of course, some of it is for male attention and male gaze, a lot of it is very much women around everywhere. Same with all of City Girls videos, really. It's very much filled with just women. I feel like it's not really like the misogynistic rap videos that we would were done before. I feel like it's very much promoting free spirit and just be who you are. And I really like that. I love that the rap girls are being free with their sexuality and just it, it just shows that they're being free as a person. And I think that's why I fuck with it because Dream Doll came out as bisexual not long ago. But anyway, it could just be in fun, in jest, but I don't think so. These women have more than once, you know, publicly said that they're sexually attracted to each other. So I feel like they be smashing from time to time and party and Diddy just watch or they get involved. Who knows? Um... I don't know. I don't know why I said just watch. For some reason, Party gives me the vibe that he might just want Megan to himself, but I could be wrong. Um, but anywho, uh, me- uh, excuse me. Young Miami also called out Lil Baby and a baby, ill. Lil Dirt, 50 Cent, Future, Yo Gotti. She has a bar that says Future needs to come and find this pussy like Dora. Hilarious. <laughs> I thought that bar was hilarious. I was like, not the Explorer pussy. Oh my. Uh, Yo Gotti, Rod Wave, Moneybag Yo, 50 Cent, Meat Mill. And she even took the time to say she doesn't see a Tory in her lane. Boop. Well, of course she doesn't. She fucks with Megan, so of course she don't fuck with Tory. And couldn't even picture fucking Kodak Black. Damn. Imagine being one of the two guys called out just to say, I would never, ever fuck you, nigga. <laughs> I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what I heard. 
Um, but yeah, Megan didn't say anything about Young Miami's bar about her. But there is a video of her absolutely dying with laughter at the fact that Young Miami rhymed roaches with Buenos Noches because she saved the last bar for Diddy. You know, the nigga with the most money, it makes sense. And yes, Megan, it is hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious that she went as far as to rhyme brooches with Buenas Noches. Like, it's Noches, is it not? It's not even said that way in the correct term. But anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> but yes, it's hilarious. But yeah, Megan didn't address her bar about her, which makes me feel like it's true. Because <laughs> I feel like if it was a joke, she would be like, you feel crazy. To be honest, I'm just saying that because even if she said, you so crazy, Carisha, I would have still thought it was true. So it doesn't really matter. Um... But yeah, the way she laughed though made me, and the way she imitated Young Miami's voice as well, kind of confirmed for me that Young Miami knows that she's trash, but she doesn't care because it's the lifestyle that she wants and not the rap career. That's why I don't critique the City Girls that hard because I don't think they care. I don't think they're bothered. I don't think they want us to hear their music and be like, oh my God, they're the best rappers since, oh my God, this is like Lauren Hill. Like I don't think like, oh God, let me not do that again. Sorry. (laughs) Let me not ever do that again. But... I don't think that that's what they expect to hear from us or what they want from us. I think they just want the lifestyle. They just want, they like, you know, being seen by the type of guys that they like to be around. They like to be looking pretty and have their wigs laid all the time. Who wouldn't? They like making money. I think that's all that it is for them. It's just a hustle. (laughs) Queens. Queenship, if you guys are watching the show. Anyway, we'll get to that. But, um... To be honest, breaking down this song did make me realize that Young Miami is actually not that bad. It really is just her voice. And I feel like, yeah, she's from Miami, but she could easily make it not so annoying if she wanted to. I feel like it is by design because Trina doesn't sound that different to her. I think she's actually Trina's goddaughter anyway. But yeah, they're both from Miami. Trina pretty much sounds like when she talks, she sounds the exact same. Like, you know, sometimes my voice accent can just be a little bit annoying. <laughs> Sorry, it just does sound a bit annoying. Like not the whole accent, but depends on your... If I feel like if you have a slightly annoying high-pitched voice along with the accent, it just... Yeah. But Trina doesn't rap like that. Her actual rap voice doesn't sound annoying. So I think Young Miami could, if she wanted to, you know, make it not sound like that. <laughs> I think she's doing that on purpose. And I think it's because, you know, it's one of the only things that's going to catch people's attention because your bars ain't all that. But they're not terrible. Do you know what I mean? They're not the most trash bars I've ever heard. Because I think sometimes people forget what trash really sounds like. Trash is like fart on that. Do you know what I mean? Like that as Charlemagne used to say, fart on that record. Like (laughs) that is trash. Do you know what I mean? Like those are like, you know, the random ass rappers that you will think about clicking on the link and listening to and always regret it. Those rappers, they're trash. Do you know what I mean? Anywho. And that's not speaking to every rapper that shoots their shot in DMs because of course it's a hustle out here. But you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. There's certain ones and then you listen to it and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Anyway. <sighs> but yeah, the song isn't as bad as people are making out. It's just not something I go back to. But I was fucking with the video. I liked how there was a portrait of each rap nigga that she mentioned on the wall. It's kind of like, oh, young Miami's lair, Carisha's lair, if you will. 
I liked it. I fucked with that. I just think it, that was fun. Just her having a bit of fun. I weren't mad at it. I loved the fact they heard, they made us hear the whip sound, <laughs> sound effects. Like because there was a part where one of the girls whipped each other and we heard it. I was like, you lot are funny. <laughs> you really want us to know how freaky you are. I love it. But yeah, um, one thing I will finish by saying as well, I feel like it's so weird that we've gone from Young Miami to Little Sims, but here we are. Uh, Little Sims released the I Love You, I Hate You music video on the 25th of October. The thing I love the most about Little Sims is that she commands so much presence because there's quite a lot going on in this video and I need to watch it a couple more times, but I almost don't really need to figure it out because Sims makes it such a challenge to focus on anybody else but her. She's spitting crazy like always. She looks beautiful. If you're a fan, you know this song probably means a lot to her because it's all about her dad. So that in itself automatically makes you sit up straight when you are, you know, about to watch the video. But there's a lot of people in the video and I was trying to figure out the message that she wanted to convey, but there's quite a lot of young black women and men painting something. And halfway through the video, you see that, it, that Sims is the muse. So they're painting her. But what I couldn't figure out was... There's a little boy that's writing as well. And it's separate. It's a separate scene. It's just a table and the boy and he's just writing. It's just, I, it, I don't know if he's supposed to be writing bars. I couldn't really tell. And she goes to see an old man later on in the video who I'm assuming is her dad. It looks like it's an old person's home. It's just a lot going on. I just, I was trying to figure out, but I've only watched it once. So I do need to watch it once or twice more to really try and figure out the message. But like I said, a lot of the time I was more transfixed by Sims. So I need to fix, I need to give it a couple watches, but I love you. I hate you is easily one of the best songs on sometimes I might be introvert. I love it. And I need to watch the video a couple more times before I can really draw a full opinion on it. But because I'm such a, you know, huge little Sims fan, I couldn't not mention that since it came out this week. But yeah, that is new music, you guys. And on to entertainment now. I got hot sauce in my bag. Alrighty, let's get into it, yeah. So, Queens. So we're talking about entertainment, you guys. That means what I've been watching on TV and shit. So, Queens. If you guys haven't heard of it, it's a new show on ABC. For those of you in the UK, like myself, you can watch it on Mr. World Premiere. He never fails when it comes to black shows. You can always find it on there. So this is the second episode. If you guys have not heard of the show, it is a new TV show starring Eve, Notori Norton, Brandy, and Dean Velasquez, who I was not familiar with prior to the show starting. But I have done a little bit of research on her. She has been in My Name is Earl. I never watched My Name is Earl. But for you guys that have, her name was Catalina Aruca. Um, she also was on Major Crimes. She was in Flight, which is a Denzel Washington movie. The one where he plays the flight attender who is an alcoholic and I think drug addict as well. And he ends up not crashing the plane. I think he kind of saves the plane from crashing. But, you know, there's a lot of turbulence and it was dangerous. So a couple of people did end up dying, including a flight attendant. And she was the flight attendant that passed away, I believe. So that's what the movie's about. That was actually a very good movie. I like that. Um, yeah, but obviously Denzel, of course he killed it. But yeah, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. So as soon as I was looking at her discography and I saw that, I was like, oh, I bet she's the flight attendant that died. And I looked it up and that is exactly who she is. So I can kind of place her in that movie now. But yeah, and she was in Ride Along too as well. But if you're not Ice Cube, Kevin Hart or Tika Sumpter, 
I don't know who you th- who the fuck you are in that film. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I I I now I'm familiar with her because before when you watched the first episode, you were kind of confused as to why they got her because she's not an artist, she's not a singer or a rapper, she's just an actress. So it is kind of like why didn't you just get a Latina act, uh, uh, someone who can act and don't even really have to rap, just sing. Like do you know what I mean? I I just I felt like it was odd to pull someone that didn't have a, much of a musical background. And I watched an interview with, with them on the Breakfast Club, which was aired a week ago. And you can tell that they kind of sat together and was like, we're going to really talk Nadine up and, you know, make people think like she deserves to be here kind of thing. But even she was a bit like, she said she was surprised that she got the role. And I said, sis, you too, us too. Like, do you know what I mean? She was sure. She was like, I'm not going to lie. Like I was sure, obviously acting, I could do my thing. But the musical, yeah, I was a bit like, I, I just said, I'm going to be courageous and just go for it. She, that woman was not expecting to land this Role. She is as shocked as the rest of us. That's all I'm going to say. But I'm not going to lie. I would be happy to be speaking up on her more positively if she was killing it for me. She's not. She's not the best actress. She can't rap a lick. Like, I'm just a bit confused as to why she's here. But anyway, let me be nice and we'll start with the positives. So I really enjoyed this episode and this is why I'm not going to do like a a breakdown per se, but I am going to just go through the highlights of what I really liked about this episode. And I really do suggest that you guys that aren't watching it, watch it. It's good. It's a good watch. And I think that we're we're yet to see the best of it because this was quite a good episode. I enjoyed it. It seems that everyone that goes by is going to take us further to the shooting. So I think that's the big moment of the season that they're kind of amping towards and it's leading up to basically. But just after they show us the shooting, we see a flashback of what happened to break up the group. It seems, sorry, spoiler alert. I should have said that before. It's a bit obvious now, but the shooting is not much of a spoiler because they, like I said, they've been teasing it from the start. And I think they're going to continue to at the end, at the beginning of every episode to see what leads up to it. So it's not a spoiler, but from here on out, spoiler alert. So we see a flashback of what happened to break up the group, it seems. The Nasty Bitches are performing in San Diego in 2001 and they're performing this song called Heart of Queens featuring Cameron. Cameron is on the show, yes. He is performing with them on stage. He looks good, but of course it's Cameron. One thing I will say is I don't understand why they didn't just call themselves queens. I don't know if there was like maybe... Like even story wise, they were like they, they we couldn't have done that because of Queen the band, but Queens is has an S, <laughs> so I, I, that's the only thing I can think of. Is like, is it like you know copyright because of Queen? But I just don't understand. They refer to themselves as Queens. They've got a few songs where they're referring to themselves as Queens, and then to just ha- call yourself the Nasty Bitches, it just doesn't make any sense. Why would you call your group that? Like you can refer to yourself as Nasty Bitches. That's fine. Like, cause I know we don't mean bitch like that to be derogatory, but it's just like, why would you ever call yourself that? Like, why would you do that? Cause you're literally lessening where you can perform at events and stuff. And like, it just doesn't make any sense, but fine. I just feel like that was a weird part of the story. They should just call the group Queens in my opinion. But anyway, so there's performing this on Heart of Queens. I like, even the title was clever, Heart of Queens. I like that. And yeah, you see Brandy and Cameron give each other a little look on stage. Like, oh, oh, what do I mean? What do I mean? But yeah. As soon as Valeria starts singing, Naomi slash Brandy, I usually just call them by their artist names, Brandy, Eve, Notori. Oh, well, yeah, she's an artist too. Yeah, Notori. 
But I'm trying to be, now I'm getting into the story. I'm trying to use the character's name. So Naomi slash Brandy just loses it. She starts singing and the energy is completely gone from where she was singing before. She's barely even opening her mouth. Then when the other girls look at her, she's like, nah, I can't do this anymore. Nasty bitches is dead. And then she just drops the mic and walks off stage. And that's basically how their group ended up breaking up. Because the crowd got mad. They started throwing shit at them, which was not realistic. Because realistically, if that happened in real life, we'd just be a bit confused. Like, what the fuck is going on? Is this part of it? Like, but yeah. And I, when I was watching it, I was just like, okay, Brandy, Valerius singing irritated me too. Trust me, it did. But we don't do that, sis. If I were one of the other three, I would have turned from a nasty bitch to a nasty cunt real quick backstage. I'm telling you, like, don't embarrass me like that. Like, we're professionals. We're here to entertain and perform. Like, we sort this shit out backstage. Like, don't be doing this. Like, I felt like that was a really selfish choice for Naomi. And it made me look at her a bit sideways. Because I'm like, whatever feelings you have about this girl, it's not fair for you to take it out on your whole group. Like, you've finished their career as well. That's so, like, wow. Like, I totally get why none of you were fucking with each other now. Of course there's discord and conflict here. I would never speak to this bitch again. But anyway... Cameron is in this episode. Like I said, you guys, I think we can expect Cameron to be here throughout the season. Not here in my bedroom, of course, on the show, I wish. (laughs) But yeah, Brandy's having lunch with her daughter and then they run into Cameron. I'm not really surprised that Cameron's on the show, to be honest, because I saw Brandy and him together just messing around on social media and stuff. And when I saw that, I was like, hmm, random duo. Like, obviously they know each other because they were both, you know, you know, big artists at the time but you know I just thought it was a bit random so I was like okay either I'm guessing new music or he's gonna be in Queens lo and behold he's in Queens so his character's name is Cam as well so I don't know if he's meant to be playing himself that much is unclear because obviously they are from Queens Cam is from Harlem I believe I believe Dipset were from Harlem Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyway, all from New York. So I'm not really clear on whether he's meant to be playing Cameron or just a character called Cam that's kind of slightly similar to his real, you know, person. But yeah, we'll see. His name is Cam anyway. And she asked him to join them and they ordered the exact same burger. No sauce, no lettuce, no nothing. Just meat and extra pickles. Yes, nigga, you must be her father because who orders a burger like that? just randomly you must be the daddy and they kind of look at each other like hmm obviously Cameron is like hmm because he knows he fucked Brandy (laughs) and he can do the math so he's like hmm is it my kid is it not the daughter's been like obviously she's grown she's like a teenager so she's like "Mm, daddy (laughs) like you can kind of see it between them another takeaway because I did just want to highlight Cam's scenes that stood out to me Another highlight for me was seeing a flashback of queens performing. Oh, sorry. See, now I'm calling them queens. Fucking hell. Of seeing the nasty bitches performing in New York in 97. And I'm actually really glad that we got to see a snippet of Jill the Thrill's explicit bars prior to becoming a devout Christian and writing more PG lyrics. Because every time I hear her spit a verses now, I'm like, what does she rap like back in the day? Because she had a coke problem. You know, she was she wasn't out, like, um, she was closeted. So, you know, I don't think she was church lady back then. I think she was spitting, spitting. So I do, I'm curious to see what her bars would have been like. Like she was obviously like the rebellious preacher's daughter. I want to see what her bars were saying back then. And you do get to see a snippet of it. I should have written them down really. I was so desperate to see it and I can't even remember them now, but I really appreciate seeing that. 
So, Valeria. I hate her. How about you guys? <laughs> and as black women, I think we're supposed to hate her because she is basically representing the fact that society loves diversity. They love something different as long as it comes in a package that is palatable enough for them to accept. Because without giving any spoilers, nasty bitches were already a group with Notori, Eve and Brandy who were doing shows. Okay, small spoiler. Valeria slithered her way over to the sketchy manager whose name I forgot, like the snake that she is, and convinced him to talk to the girls about adding her to the group. So she basically got him horny and discombobulated to the way to where he'd agree to any request that would keep her around. Because, you know, those are her assets. Her only assets, really. Uh, Valeria is Latina and she's an attractive woman. She's got curves. She's basically got a lot of the features that black women have, but they appear white enough to make everybody in society comfortable. And of course, I'm not including Afro-Latina women when I say that. But Jill even asked the sketchy manager when they got to the part where, you know, the manager laid it on them and introduced the idea. Jill even asked him, what, is our hair not straight enough? Our skin ain't light enough? And he said, you know, it ain't even like that. And I was just thinking, uh, it kind of is though. Like, that's exactly what it is. And as she as it feels to admit, Valeria was right. She knows what society and the industry are saying and they did blow up after she joined them and get a record deal. It could be a coincidence. I feel like it wasn't though because she knows she's a, she's a hustler as she said in the episode. She knows what the market's saying and she knew that she had what they needed to get them over the edge and get her an opportunity to make money. Sorry, I said no spoil. I don't know why I said no spoilers because I already said spoilers earlier. Anyway, Brandy's rendition of Wrecking Ball. Now, if you guys have absolutely no plans to watch the TV show, I still highly recommend that you listen to this version of Wrecking Ball. It's so beautiful. So just a short backstory. Cameron wanted to sign Brandy to his label. His label's underneath a love label, some white guy, of course. They turn up to the execs and, and he says no, basically. Like they, they have a little meeting. They speak to her. She's like, great. Yeah. So you could write for this person, somebody called Ivy, who's a TikToker and can't really write songs. You could write for her. Yet no, nigga, that's not what I want to do. I want to be an artist. I want to sing my own songs. How are we going to market a 41 year old rapper who sings folk songs? fuck you like whatever anywho so that's the story and she basically pulls up to the exec's house and she starts singing wrecking ball to basically say i can sing tunes like these white bitches and make it marketable watch me watch me watch me i can do it (laughs) and did she though it's so gorgeous i'm actually going to play a little snippet here i'm not even going to speak on it i'm just going to let you guys judge it for yourself Put you high up in the sky now You're not coming down It's slowly turned You let me burn We're asses on the ground Don't you ever ever say I just want to wait I will always want you I can't live a lie Running from the light I will always want you I came in like 
you guys, how does Brandy do that? Like, how? How? How does she sing so effortlessly? Effortless. I, I even said effortlessly. <laughs> like, she got me all, all over the shop. Like, how can you sing so beautifully, so exquisitely, but so effortlessly? I just don't... They call her the vocal Bible for a reason. I swear. Like, I even think it was rude that Miley Cyrus didn't even acknowledge it publicly. I get it. She don't have to. But maybe that's why she's not. Because it's just way better than hers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But I'm not going to lie. That's a Brandy Norwood song. Now, you think I'm going to be listening to Miley Cyrus's version of Wrecking Ball? You crazy. You are crazy. I will be listening to Brandy's. I apologise. But... I get it. It's Miley's song. It is a good song. So I do like that song even before this rendition of it. It is a good song. But Brandy just did things with it that Miley could never do in her dreams. And I'm so sorry, but it is the goddamn truth. And I love this version of the song. And I will be playing it a lot. And I'm really glad that Queens will be giving us music as well. The music has been good as well so far. I've been enjoying it. And now I know why they rapped on the Uchiwali beat because they could get the clearance from Cameron. Mm, makes sense now but yeah like I'm I'm intrigued and I um on the breakfast club interview I believe I've mentioned it before Eve and Notori said that they've got really good music in the hard drive so I am excited to see that and there's more stars coming as well so I'm wondering if there's because obviously they're rappers they play rappers so I'm wondering if there's more rappers that we can expect to see more New York rappers they mentioned Nikki I mean, it makes sense. I do get it. She is from Queens. She's arguably the biggest rapper to come out of Queens. So, of course, like, of course it's going to cross their mind to have her be in the show. I really think we should stop involving Nikki in our shit. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, just leave Nikki over there with her rapist husband. That's just what I feel we should do. She's made her choice to align herself with this man and, you know, basically live life according to being married to a sexual offender. Let her live that life. Like, I just, I don't feel like we should be bringing her into everything. And I don't know. It's just annoying because I genuinely feel like the mass is just, we don't fuck with Nikki like that anymore. Nikki has shown her ass on multiple occasions with other things. So it's not like it's even just this one thing. Like there's been other things she's done to rile people up in the past. And then now this is like a big whammy. Like we don't... The, the barbs really are the only ones that fuck with her like that. So I honestly don't really see the point in bringing her into things. I, I, I get music wise, because of course the barbs will run everything up and get everything to number one. That makes sense. TV, I think we can leave her alone. That's why I was quite surprised that she's even going to be in the Real House House of Potomac reunion still. Because if I were Andy Cohen, no way in hell, hell to the no, no. After I see that interview on the Real, no. Especially considering we don't need you. I've been doing the reunions myself and I've been fine thus far. So yeah, no, you can stay over there. So I'm just very surprised that television networks are happy to work with her at this point. And I get the industry is dirty and they don't really care until shit really hits the fan. I do get that. But I just feel like it's not that necessary to even be doing it. It's just not necessary. Like Nikki's not needed that badly in either of these things, not in Queens and not in... Queens makes a bit more sense than fucking Real House has a Potomac reunion. Me personally, I don't rely and call on Nikki to ask the right questions. She's not an interviewer. Why would I think, here's what we need, Nikki Minaj? Like, no. 
No. Anyway, sorry, before I go on a, a real rant. But um, let me just mention one or two takeaways because I did think that it was going to be less than this. <laughs> but Eve's husband's surgery was a success. So if you guys have been watching the show, Eve's husband has caught cancer again. I think he had it before. So he got it. I think, no, he has a brain tumor. Sorry. Um, so they've operated on him. The surgery is a success. He's cancer free now, which is amazing. But he conveniently doesn't seem to remember cheating on Eve beforehand. Like, really, nigga? Really? Really? This is what we're going to do? And of course, he did have brain surgery. So short-term lo- memory loss is a possibility. But it is just a little bit too convenient, if you ask me. And I just was looking at Eve and thinking, Brianna, sorry, that's her character's name. I forgot for a second. Uh, Brianna. And I was just thinking, you must want to slap him so badly because, and I know I'm not advocating that we should not, we don't have the right to hit anyone unless it's self-defense. We really don't. But it must be so frustrating because... Like, I remember. I don't give a fuck if you remember or not, to be honest. I remember. And you have to sit there and look at him and wonder whether he really remembers or not, or if this is just him lying and playing some game. And it just makes you angry because I still want to hate you. But I feel like I'm wasting my energy if I'm hating someone that doesn't even remember what the fuck they did for me to hate them. Oh, so frustrating. But then he could be lying. And then I'm even angrier. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is a lot. Anyway, thank God that's not my portion. (laughs) Or Eve's. It is a TV show. But she is about to have a baby, so congratulations to her. Another little tidbit from The Breakfast Club. They did announce that the reason... She she did um, say that the reason why she wasn't at the Versus with Trina in physically in the flesh, and she stayed in London, was because that's when she just found out she was pregnant. So that's why. So I was like, she was so funny. She was literally like, I was so nervous at the whole verse. I wasn't even concentrating. She was like, I was just spitting, but I was like really nervous. Like I was like, oh my God, am I moving too much? Should I be sitting down? Can I rap while I'm pregnant? I was like, can you rap while you're pregnant? This bitch, not can you rap while I'm pregnant? He's so funny, but I get it. That would be me. I'm like, can I spit? Like, should I be sitting down? Um, anywho. Um, one last takeaway for Queens, because I've given you guys a lot more of a detailed, it's not even a breakdown, but it might as well fucking be, because I didn't even realise I was going to get into all of that. But I, I guess that really shows how much I really enjoyed this episode. But one last thing I will say is they had a short scene where they were filming Cribs. And I'm not going to give too many details because that scene did lead up to something very interesting. And I've given enough spoilers, um, but it led up to something very interesting regarding Jill's character. Um, but I love how we saw this like confirmation that this shit is all fake and it's not really their house because literally they were like, they gave us that like, welcome to our crib. And they can't yet rap. Great. That was great, everybody. And so obviously that was the last scene to film. And it was just so funny to see because it was like, oh, wow, confirmation. Like, okay. Because it reminded me of 3LW's cribs when they said they all live in that house with their parents and their managers. And I was like, obviously at the time, we're like, oh my God, you all live in a house together? And what, at night, do you just get into your pajamas? Like, play as the old play. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> obviously as a kid, you think that. Now as an adult, you're like, of course it's not their fucking house. They live with their parents and their managers. But it was just so funny that on the Breakfast Club interview, Notori literally said like, you know, filming that scene for Chris was so funny because back when I did it, we, we, we had to pretend it was our house. Like now I'm saying it on the breakfast club. But she was like, oh my God, <laughs> she was like exclusive. Like her face was like, oh shit, I'm admitting that. And I'm like, wow, like it's so crazy the things that you've had to keep secret up until it doesn't matter anymore. Like that, was, that must be so mad as someone in the industry. But yeah. 
And I just think it's so funny to see like, rah, that's really, and, and Notori was like filling us in. It's like, yeah, we had to clean everything out and be out by 7 a.m. Like not clean the actual yard, but like clean all their stuff out and stuff and be out. So it was just like, wow, like all for the sake of TV. Like, do we need to believe that they that all members of 3OW live together that badly? Like, do you know what I mean? it's so funny. Just all the little intricacies is what makes the industry the industry. And it's funny because I guess Cribs had its moment. I no longer care <laughs> because I've seen that they're doing a Cribs UK. I don't give a fuck about these people's houses. That was a moment. It's gone now. It's gone. So it's just funny that back then we were so fascinated. But I guess that was the gateway to reality tv though that was one of the first things that kind of gave us a little sneak peek into what these people are really doing behind the scenes outside of the industry and yeah so i guess back then we did give a fuck about what their house looked like not anymore though we see that on the reality shows we do not care and even if we don't you see your particular house we can picture what it might look like anywho that was queens i highly recommend watching it I really enjoying it so far. The first episode, I I wasn't too sure of the actual show itself. The episode was all right, but I wasn't too sure of what the show was going to bring. Now I'm seeing the second episode and I'm pretty sure of what's to come and I'm feeling it. I like it. I like it. I don't like Valeria at all. Don't fuck with her. Don't trust that bitch. I would never work with her again 20 years later. Like I don't understand why Eve, Brandy and Tori are working with two people who screwed them over 20 years ago. And while I can understand that they might be thinking, hmm, you know, that was 20 years ago, people changed, da, da, da. these people still don't got no money. So they might still snake you again. I'm just saying, you guys are grown now. Please learn from your mistakes. Anyway, that's me on Queens. Let's get into Insecure now. I got hot sauce in my bag, swag. So Insecure, the day has finally arrived, you guys. Well, the day arrived ages ago. This is just my feelings on what on what the episode was like. But yes, season five, episode one, we are finally here. I'm not going to lie, though. I don't want to start it off like this. But I have to be honest, this episode did kind of fall a bit flat for me. I feel like I'd worked up a lot of excitement and anticipation but not much happened that really had me bowled over in the episode. It is the first one though. So, you know, we'll get into, when we get to about episode four or five, that's when we'll get into probably the crux of the season. So I am being patient, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I think I, I kind of expected a little bit more. I feel like nothing much really happened. The robbing scene was hilarious. <laughs> anybody can get it <laughs> like I just thought it was so funny the way she said that I was like okay I get it but at the same time why like sis why but yeah that was hilarious that was the only part that made me laugh out loud and I, I appreciate that part but I do think it's the odd icebreaker that Molly and Issa needed I love how when Issa asked why she didn't take her shoes, I think her name's Cheyenne, the girl. I love how when she asked, why didn't she take my shoes? Tiffany was like, oh, you know why. I was like, Tiffany's so fucking shady. <laughs> this bitch, I can't stand her. But we're well, not can't stand her. To be fair, I'm not actually that. I don't, I don't mind Tiffany. She doesn't, I think a lot of people hate her. I don't hate her more than Molly. I can't lie, even though you're probably supposed to. But I think because she doesn't misrepresent herself. Like she shows us that she's a bitch. It doesn't bother me as much. Whereas Molly, mm, we'll get onto that. 
But I also like the part where Tiffany saw loads of couples with their children and asked if they should have brought the baby. And Derek was like, fuck no. And she was like, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I actually quite liked that part because it was very like, it shows they're in a much better place from last season where, you know, she was going through postpartum depression. I like that for Tiffany and Derek. And then at the end, they're putting her to bed in the onesie they bought her. I thought that was really cute. I was like, okay, they seem like they're in a good place now. I'm, I'm like, I like that. They're like the mature friend couple of the group now. I like that. Um, I felt like the part with Kelly being dead was more rude than funny, to be honest. Like, obviously it was a little bit funny, but it kind of felt like, Ron, nobody rates Kelly like that. Because when it came to the part with the stanky leg, I was like, now you're trying it. Like, now it's not even funny. Because before, I was already like, "Mm, I don't think it's that funny that they think she's, they so sure she's dead. That when they're asking you for some words, Issa, even you're not like, thinking, why are you asking me to say a few words about Kelly? Like, what's this? Like, how do you not know what this is for? And it's like, you do be you. Like, it just kind of got brushed over really quick. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, it's meant to be a comedy, I guess. So, you know, like, I get it. But I just thought it was odd. Like, it was a real reunion. I'd be like, the fuck? I'm obviously not dead. Can you correct this shit, please? Obviously, it's too late to change all of the books. But, like, at least do some kind of public statement and be like, hey, Tiffany, oh, Kelly is not dead. She in the building. She here. Apologies. But I just felt it was really weird that the DJ put on the stanky leg. It was like, yeah, Kelly was always remembered for her stanky leg and things like that. And it was weird because Kelly is there. You can see her. She's not dead. So it was just all a bit of fun. I think it was meant to be funnier than it was. I don't know. I, I didn't really get what it was supposed to feel because Kelly clearly wasn't finding it funny. So I was just a bit like, okay, this is weird, but fine. But really, these are my biggest takeaways. Molly, let's start with her. Number one. Because this episode really reminded me of two things. So number one, I forgot that I pretty much didn't fuck with Molly even before she and Issa fell out. Like I felt so many of these negative feelings towards her while I was watching the show and they mainly manifested when the friendship had broken up. So I was kind of like, yeah, I did forget what I felt about her prior to their friendship breakup. But yeah, don't really care for her. I don't. And I don't think that she and Issa should continue to be friends. I feel like they've outgrown their friendship and that's okay. That happens in life. And I think they're just so used to being best friends that are joined together at the hip. They just feel like that's what needs to continue because she's been my friend for this long. I can't just drop her. You can. If it, if she, I feel like if people are not adding value to your life and they're not making you feel good about yourself and your friendship with them feels like a chore, which is the vibe I'm getting from both of them, just snip snip it's time to call it a day and you don't even necessarily need to cut each other off completely and not fuck with each other just don't be best friends like don't be with each other all the time seeing each other every day maybe you're just meant to be friends that link up every once in a while and that is also okay but the moment that I noticed that so that part where Molly noticed that Issa was upset about how the panel went I felt like I didn't like that part too much because I get that Issa could have you know lied a little bit better and you know, said the positive shit that she knew she wanted them to say and just make it a good moment. But really and truly, I felt like they did it a bit dirty, like the other people on the panel, because every, like the other guy and the Asian girl, everything they said was, nothing was profound, but everyone was cheering and eating it up. And I was like, they're not saying shit either. So why are you not, why is it crickets for Issa? But fine. I'm wondering if it's because it was a black woman. I, f- I feel like they meant to show us 
that because I don't know because Issa was also being awkward as well her, her awkward self so who knows but you know it was a black guy and an Asian woman so I just I felt like it was just a bit odd that because they weren't necessarily really saying any po- they weren't giving any pearls of wisdom either so I just was a bit confused as to the contrast and reactions but yeah that moment when Molly noticed that Issa was upset about how it went when Tiffany asked if she wanted to go do something I can't remember some kind of party and she said no like I'm just gonna stay and have drinks with Issa oh, no she said I'm just gonna stay and chill with Issa and then Issa was like does it involve drinks she was like obviously so I liked that she said that and was like okay so she noticed that Issa was upset and was like now nah, I'm gonna stay and hang with my bestie instead of going off with Tiffany I was like okay okay good for you Molly you're taking baby steps but then when they did start talking Molly was just talking about my man that she met at the reunion that she used to fuck back in the day in college and was just Ugh, all whiny and obsessive about that. And I was like, excuse me, firstly, number one, you just saw this nigga five minutes ago. Why are you so obsessed already? Like, why are you so thirsty? Calm down, calm down. Secondly, Issa is the one in need here, hence why you stayed, remember? This is a moment to talk about why she feels like shit right now. This is where you're supposed to step in and be the best friend and comfort her and say, hey, you'll get him next time. That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to completely monetize the moment and go on about your man problems, which aren't really man problems because you just saw this nigga five minutes ago. Oh, I just don't like that. And I feel like Molly tries to make out like Issa is the one that is selfish and doesn't really think about her friends because I feel like that had a tone of the fight, like where she was angry, where she went to Andrew for help. It kind of gave me that tone, like, oh, you just don't think about other people because da da da. You're the one who is incapable about thinking about anyone's needs but yourself. But fine, we move. I don't like Molly. Don't like her at all. I don't care for her. The second thing this episode reminded me of, Lawrence, same issue. I really fuck with Lawrence either. And I forgot. I was always rooting for her and Nathan. And I still am, to be honest. But unlike Molly, the only reason I forgot is because I did start rooting for them towards the end of the last season when you could see that there was such an intense love between Lawrence and Issa. So I did at that point start to be like, oh, you crazy kids just need to get together at this point. But then when condolences got pregnant, I said, no, this is not what I want for Issa. No, 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 no. So then when it got to the end of this episode, I really wasn't amused. I wasn't amused. I was just like, I don't have time for this will they, won't they bullshit. And I sincerely hope that is not going to be the main storyline for this season because it's not what I want for Issa. It just isn't. I don't want her to end up with Lawrence. I'm not gonna lie. I've never been standing Lawrence and Issa only up until the last the last couple of episodes of the last season because that's when they got back together or were getting back together and they just like, love was in the air. I was feeling it. Issa was happy. It was a vibe. I just want Issa to be happy and she seemed happy. So I was happy. No, I don't want this situation for her. I don't need her to be looking at Lawrence like, oh, he's raising the baby with Condola. Oh my God. No, she doesn't need to be the one in the sidelines, always putting herself second. No, no, I don't want that for her. Lawrence needs to go live his life and raise his child. I do want her to end up with Nathan or Daniel, to be honest. I personally think she should choose Nathan and leave Daniel for me. But, you know support black women sis I'm just saying I'm just kidding but Daniel is sexy anyway I I think she should choose Nathan I think Daniel is too focused on his career as well from where we left him I think he needs to focus on his music stuff and live for him I think Nathan is her man that's my thoughts personally 
But also, I don't think that's what her ending should be rooted in. Issa has been trying to find herself for five seasons now. And on that and on that stage at the panel, she spoke to a lot of real things that a lot of creatives are really feeling in real life. So I truly hope that the season ends with her finding her true purpose. Because I do think this is part of it. I do think what she's doing with Block, I do think that that's what she should be doing. I feel like she's just at a bit of a standstill and a little bit confused. And it just didn't quite give her the rush she thought it would. Like she thought she'd be up on this panel and be like, yeah, like so sure of myself. I love what I'm doing. I'm yes, yeah, this, this, and it's lit. And, and she just didn't have that feeling and it confused her and it fucked with her. But I don't necessarily feel like it, it's not the thing that she should be doing or that she's not on the right path. I do think she's, cause she, the block party was dope. It was lit. It was what she believed in. Like she really believes in, um, you know, LA and, you know, kind of improving the community and, and pushing the creative spectrum of the community as well so yeah I do think that that is her purpose and what she's happy doing I just think she needs to you know maybe not go back to square one as in start all over again but just like what is my reason for doing this always remember your purpose and your reason for doing things and I know I'm I'm saying this like I should be taking my own advice fucking hell we're always bad at taking our own advice aren't we but yeah I genuinely feel like what she's doing now is what she should be doing I just feel like she's at a completely normal point in life because she has started essentially a new career so I think that I really hope that the season ends with her finding her true purpose if that's not it or finding you know yeah finding her true purpose choosing herself at all times and just being truly happy and surrounding herself with people that only elevate her or make her happy. And I just don't think that Lawrence or Molly are those people, either of them. And that's just me personally. I would like to see more from Kelly this season. I don't like they, the way they did her in this episode. I felt it was odd. I felt like they were trying to do the whole, oh, we don't really take the big black woman seriously. Like she's just a funny one. Like, And I get they were doing that purposefully, but I just, it was very odd to me, like in the car where she was visibly clearly upset about the fact that everyone at the event thought she'd been dead. Da, da, da. And when she was like, oh yeah, yeah. So funny. Am I just a joke to you guys? That was not a moment to laugh about it. And I get that that was shy. I'd be like, bitch, hey, shit, change. And then Molly and Issa laughed. I get that. It wasn't them. But like, that wasn't a funny moment. That was a moment where your friend, one of your best friends is upset. And I, I just felt like it was weird. Like, yeah, I get it. It's a, it's a comedy show. But that wasn't really a moment where, you, I don't know. I just felt like it was a weird moment to expect the audience to laugh. Because I was like, but Kelly's upset though. And we fucked with Kelly. So why would we laugh? Like, it was just, it was just odd. But yeah. I did think it was interesting that whatever sorority that Amanda Seals' character, Tiffany, was repping were very outraged. <laughs> I just had to... I meant to do my research on it and I didn't. And I, but I just have to mention it because I just thought it was so funny. You guys, find something to do. <laughs> find something to do. I'm sorry. I know I don't really understand sororities like that, but you do realise it's character on a TV show. Like, you do realise that. And you do realise that real characters on real TV shows have played characters that have pledged to real sororities before. This is not the first time. So why is it an issue now? Like, go away. Find something to do. They're like, oh, but Issa Rae didn't have permission. Shut up. It is not real. It is a fake story. It's on TV. It is not real. She's not really pledging the sorority. The actress did not pledge the sorority and they didn't claim she did. Tiffany did. Fucking hell. I can't believe what needs to be explained in this lifetime these days. Anywho, 
those are my feelings on insecure. What did you guys think? I will probably be coming every week here with updates. But yeah, what did you guys think? I'm genuinely curious because I haven't really been, you know, listening to many conversations surrounding our thoughts in the UK. So I'm curious, what did you guys think? Am I off with the Lawrence Molly thing? Does anybody not fuck with Molly or is it just me? Anybody else rooting for Nathan and Issa? Let me know. I'm genuinely curious. I got hot sauce in my bag. So Insecure episode two. Season five, episode two, should I say, since it was last week that episode one aired. So I had to have an update for this one. I feel like I would have said this if I'd released it and I'd be like, I feel like they heard me somehow when I put it out in the universe, but I didn't even put it out in the universe yet. So I can't believe how much of a fool I look now from my take from episode one, because well, not really kind of, yes, I look like a fool because (laughs) thinking about the Nathan stuff because, okay. Number one, Molly, I wasn't expecting such a change. And yeah, I wasn't expecting such a, a, a shift in their friendship. I won't even say a shift because obviously that's kind of what they were like before. But I do feel like Molly is making quite a lot of effort on her end. So good for her. Maybe I, you know, maybe I didn't have enough faith in her because I mean, the haircut is not enough for me, even though you look amazing, sis, you look so good. Like I love the short hair on Molly. I love it. I really, really love it. The face looks good. Um, so yeah, but it's it's not even really that. Her vibe is just different. Like even like little things like where she was looking at her dating app profile and like she was like, oh, I was doing the most. I was like, I feel like that those are things that we do when we really are making changes and we are actually like applying those changes, not just saying we want to change because there was like, she was like, oh wow, this was me. Like it, it was that kind of moment. Do you know what I mean? And when it happened, when it came up, I even thought she was looking at someone else's profile. And I was like, who is that? <laughs> I was like, calm down. And then she was like, oh, I was doing the most. I was like, oh shit, that was users? Yeah, you were. And I was like, oh, okay. But she recognizes that now. And little things like that. And like seeing her and Issa so close, like they're sleeping over all the time. It's really cute. And you know, they're both going through it. They're not, you know, they're in, the, in I feel like they needed each other. Do you know what I mean? Like they really, really miss each other. And that's why they're spending so much time together now because they're still in the places in their life where they're confused and conflicted and just a bit sad. Do you know what I mean? Not quite as fulfilled as they want to be. And that's one of the best things about this show is that it really, really paints the experience, particularly I feel for creators because East is the main character, but also in a sense of, you know, a lot of women like Molly who, you know, have office jobs or work corporate kind of jobs, but they still have a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of issues, but you know, a lot of the things that they strive for are very similar to women in general, like, you know, uh, a family, a husband, you know, they're very goal orientated, like ambitious, like that's a lot of black women. So I think that's one of the best things about this show is that you see yourself somewhere. I feel like anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that they're both, sorry, I kind of lost where I lost track of what I was actually saying, but yeah, I think Molly and Issa are in a really good space now. And 
I just, I don't know, I'm picking up on a lot of more, a lot more positive things about Molly's energy than I was the episode prior. I feel like that episode was just to flush out the, ugh, the awkwardness of when we're friends again. And, you know, we've really said some not nice things to each other and thought our friendship was dead at points. And now we're just back together. Like we besties again. It is a bit weird. You know what I mean? I feel like that was that. And once that was kind of, as soon as they had the icebreaker of the Robin (laughs) happen, and now they're like, oh, cool. And just, you know, it's the vibe again. I feel like that's what they needed. And they're just back to, yeah, I like it. I, I like what I'm seeing with Molly and Issa. Maybe I was too quick to say Molly ain't shit. <laughs> like I still, like I said, I still, I'm, you know, I'm being mindful because I didn't fuck with Molly before. It's not even just the fight with Issa. I didn't really love her that much beforehand. So I'm just more curious and excited to see what this new Molly will bring. So I do have a good feeling about her. I feel like whilst every, you know, people might be skeptical and be like, "Mm," you know, I feel like she's just going to end up being, you know, the same old thirsty Molly again. I don't know. I feel like once you get to a certain age and I don't even I'm not even saying that in a shady way, but like once you get older and you've experienced quite a bit of life, you start to realize, bro, I've been doing the same thing over and over again and I'm still here. Let me just try and switch it up and try something else. Let me try a different approach. I feel like that's where she is now. She's realized that, okay, being this, you know, this person essentially hasn't really worked for me in the area of men. So let me try something a little bit different, a bit of a a new approach. And I feel like even that scene at work where she was getting on with her colleagues and, you know, it was just a vibe. Everyone was laughing and having fun. And when she volunteered to help um, her colleague with, I think some presentation for the retreat that they were going on, something like that. And he was like, yeah, why not? Like it was, it was so casual. It was just like, it was not a thing. Like it wasn't even like, Oh, let me consider it. Like it was like, yeah, why not? And I feel like that's a good sign. That means that you're getting on with your colleagues. Everything's light. And you know, to the point where, and that those things are really great because uh, unfortunately in office jobs, while it, they may make it seem like, oh, you know, you just work hard and that's all you need to do. No, a lot of it is being the popular one in the office, getting on with your colleagues, being the person that everybody likes basically, or, or at least the top people. And that will be the thing that gets you noticed and the thing that people, you'll be the person people talk about and you'll be the person people go to for opportunities to elevate yourself and, you know, perhaps be considered for promotion, things like that. So it seems that like she's trying to apply certain positive things that will help her in different areas of life, whether it's personal or professional or romantic and I think that's really great for not just Molly, but for her and Issa's friendship. So maybe I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say I might have spoke too soon because they were so close. There was a part of me that was like, are they about to be a couple? Because the way they were like lying in bed together, I was like, is it? And, you know, I'm seeing some people say that on the timeline as well, that they're soulmates and that might be how the season ends, that they'll just get together. I personally don't want that to be the case just because I feel like because her and Issa are both in similar stages in the romantic sense, I feel like to do that will make it look like they're just like, oh, they can't find a man. So they just end up getting together. Like the old, oh, like, you know, no one's checking for you. So you just become a lesbian, like ignorant, you know, like I I feel like that's what it would give. So I really hope that's not what they're amping towards. I don't think so. I think it's just because they're in this nice new place now and they're just expressing love for each other and just being, you know, besties again. And that's why it kind of looks, it, it it gives off that vibe because it is love. It is true love, but in a different sense, just my sister kind of love. That's what I'm feeling. Like I just, I, it's really nice to see. And we all need that friend, you know, it's nice to have that friend in your life. So I think that they're in a, in a good place. 
Oh, you lot. I've been talking all of this positivity because I've been avoiding getting to this moment. <laughs> Not really. It was nice to actually speak positive things about Molly because I want to, Molly was one of those characters that I wanted to like and I just didn't. I feel like if we are still going in the same, because even little things like her parents, what, that phone call with her mom, where she was like, you know, I understand that's not easy and, you know, facing your fears and just getting through them and doing what the thing is that you need to do anyway and just surpassing your fears. She was like, yeah, trust me, I get it. That's not easy. I said, Molly, look at you because... I'm actually in a similar place with my mum. It's so, so weird. Maybe that's why I'm connecting to Molly a little bit now because I'm actually in a similar place with my mum where we have been, at, you know, at, in a difficult place for a while now, on, off, on, off, on, off. And I basically, I'm finally moving out um, soon, in a few days time, actually. And since I did start moving out, I think it made my mum think a few things. And we had this conversation a a few days ago that was just like the best heart to heart ever and we just let everything out and it was the first conversation that I truly felt like I started to understand my mum for who she is as a person not just my mum like a human being and seeing how you know I'd been so concentrated on my pain that I hadn't I'd been not thinking about how my actions inadvertently but still might have hurt her in her in their own ways you know like I feel like because we're so different, even when she tries to explain to me, because her approach is not always the best, I just don't understand what she's saying. And I just hear the attack and I don't really think about anything else. But we had a really, really great conversation where I understood her much better. And it has, I feel like that's what we needed. And now we just get on like, like me and my mum are getting to a place where we're like friends now. And I don't think I've ever really said that about my mum, even when we were in a good place. I don't think I ever really would say like, oh, we're, and it's just funny, we're edging to that point now I'm moving out. And I feel like that was kind of a reassurance in me to be like, yeah, I needed to move out for this to happen because I'm not even out yet. And not only is my mind clearer and my my mindset has, shift, has shifted in a, in a much healthier, more productive way, my relationship with my mum is also in a in a different healthy place. Like it's like a breath of fresh air almost when I speak to her because we can just, it doesn't even feel like it's like, it's just great. And when I saw Molly make that phone call, I think maybe that's why it resonated in me a little bit. And I was like, this is a positive change, I feel like, because this takes a lot from us as black women to, to call to call our mum and be like, you know what, mum, you were right about certain things. And not even in a right about, because I feel like when it comes to business, work stuff, things that you didn't really understand as a child, it's easy to say, yeah, mum, you were right. Because of course she was right. She's older than you and she has more experience. So that for me has never been difficult, but where it comes to personal stuff and just the way you navigate yourself in life that I've never really understood. And now all of a sudden I start to understand it. That's a new different, that's a whole different thing. And yeah, I think when I saw Molly make that phone call, I was like, yeah, she's on the right path. And I love it. I'm here for Issa and Molly and I love me her haircut. I, I did think at first, I was like, don't do this and think, oh, she's different now. That ain't, work, that ain't gonna work on me. But then when I saw her actions and the way she was moving, I was like, okay, okay. Let's see how this date goes. <laughs> Cause that's why I'm pausing. Let's see how this date goes. Cause it isn't, and to be honest, even if the date doesn't go the best and you know, Molly kind of does start to slip to old habits, I won't judge her as much. Cause it's not easy. It's not easy to make a whole change. We've been who we are our whole lives it's not just going to be a snap of our fingers and we're this now, you know? So I'm, I like that. I I don't know if that was intentional that they tried to put that in front of us. Like, you know, the way you have been 
doesn't have to be who you always are. Like you, you don't even have to completely alter your personality. Cause I feel like that is also something that freaks people out. Like if you genuinely are happy with who you are, but you just don't like this one thing about you, you don't necessarily want to be like, Oh, I'm going to change and be a different person. I feel like that helps to see that be like, okay, so I can just make changes in specific areas. Like that is okay. And still love myself and still be the person I am. Like that is also okay. So yeah, I don't know if that was intentional, what they were trying to do on Insecure, but I was feeling it. I was here for it. All righty. Let's get this over with. You know what, Nate, not even let's get this over with because I'm still conflicted in my feelings about Nathan. So I think I'm more going to pose this to the public. We'll make this fun. Because I genuinely am, you know, if you guys listen to my podcast every week, you know, I'm trying to get, you know, um, new listeners in and engagement. So I'd really like to hear from you guys that are listening to my podcast and watching Insecure. So Nathan and Issa, the, the scene at the end where, oh, sis, City goes down a thousand points. Ugh, like, okay, not a thousand points. Let's say a hundred because it's not that deep. We all have emotions. So yeah, a hundred points. No, 200. We'll get, we'll even give it five because I have emotions, but I've never done that. <laughs> I'm a sensitive ass bitch. Never have I cried just before getting the D. When I saw that, I said, Isa, oh my God. He's supposed to be blowing your back out right now. What is happening? What's going on? Isa, ride the dick. What's going on? Like, that was me. <laughs> that was literally me. So I love Nathan. He's so fine. He's so fine. And yeah, I was just a bit like, oh, so this is what we do. Okay. So when Nathan dipped out, I was like, oh, Nathan, again? Because you ghosted before, remember? But then I was like, mm, but to be fair, Oh, uh, I wouldn't have done that. I can't lie. That's not me. I would feel too bad. I, cu- I couldn't even make the journey home thinking about how you cried. Like I would have to see you in the morning and see you're good. That's me personally. Although then again, speaking for a guy, no, no, I don't think so. Honestly, when I can see that people are really going through it, I can't just up and leave. Like if I care about them, I can't, I can't do that personally. However, I do get it because from Nathan's point of view, He's probably thinking, because I think he likes Issa as well. I think he has feelings for Issa. And if you think about it from his point of view, it's always some Lawrence bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like, apart from when he goes to the first time, because she was, you know, not with Lawrence at all then. But since then, like, last time he saw her, she was kind of, you know, back together with him. Like, it, I don't know. I just feel like he might be in the place where he's like, I need to know that you really want me. And it's not like just a rebound thing off of Lawrence, but maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Maybe he was just being a man. Like maybe he was just being negative. He was like, oh, tears, er, bye. And uh, then again, I still get it because you did just want to be. And then she's crying all over you. So it's like, I don't know. I'm so confused and conflicted, you guys, because there's a part of me that understands it. But then there's also a part of me that's like, maybe you should have just stayed till morning. Like, it's not that deep. You could have just slept. Because that's what I don't get. It's the middle of the night, just sleep. <laughs> Wake up in the morning, have a conversation and go home. Like, I just, that's the thing. Like, so I feel like it's really deep to leave in the middle of the night. If you leave in the middle of the night, knowing there's a chance that I'm going to be upset when I wake up and I see you're gone, you don't really care about me enough. And perhaps this is me being triggered again because, wow, this episode was just a whole bit of me. But maybe this is also why I'm a bit like, "Mm," because 
that's happened to me before. Like, not that I cried, but yeah, a guy I really liked, uh, I was with him in a hotel and it was my birthday and I woke up and he was gone. And I was really upset. Like I was really, really upset about it because I liked him. And it was my birthday. <laughs> and he just fucked off. Like he just left in the middle of the night. And I was kind of like, really? Like, it's so much harder to get home in the middle of the night than it is in the morning. So it felt like you were dedicated to just leave. And it was like, rah. Anyway. But he was in a weird mood that day as well. Because this wasn't even like the first time I saw him. I'd been seeing him for a while. And it wasn't like him. Like we always wake up together. So it was just very odd for him, but still I was hurt. So maybe that was a little bit of me being triggered <laughs> a bit, but I don't know. And I feel like theirs is more complex where he'd shared that he had bipolar and things like that. Like, I feel like they were literally like there for each other in each other's lives. Like whether it be friends or more than that, they'd showed up for each other and kind of, I won't say held each other down, but I feel like she still managed to kind of be supportive of him and be a friend in his life, even though she was still feeling embarrassed and hurt from the fact that he ghosted her because the fact that he had bipolar and he was dealing with his emotions is all fine and fair enough. But Issa still has emotions on the other side of that as well. So I don't know. I just felt like given that she'd put her feelings aside and given you what you needed as a friend get forget you know getting your dick wet I would just just stay the night and check she's good in the morning I don't know but then that's what brings me to Nathan's point of view and be like but given that what she's upset about is some Lawrence bullshit and I also have feelings too and I like this girl and I just don't want to hear about her having feelings for her ex right now I can also understand that too. I really can. And I'd really like to hear some more male opinions. So if there's men that are listening, I know it's the underrated podcast and we bring women into the forefront, but I genuinely want to know from a man's point of view, is it wrong to do what Nathan did? If a girl is crying all in your mouth with as soon as you kiss her in the bed and you know it's about the fact that she just broke up with her ex and she, this is basically her first moment of intimacy since then, would you stay or would you leave? Should I stay or should I go now? Anyway, but yeah, is it wrong to dip in the middle of the night and leave her with her emotions and her sorrow? Sorry, <laughs> I can resist. But is it wrong? I just want to know. Should Nathan have, have... I do feel like it's not a ghosting until we see maybe in the next episode that she's trying to hit him up and he's, he's airing her and just... She's, he's gone. That's then ghosting 2.0. But no James St. Patrick. However, for now, we'll just say he cut out in the middle of the night. But is it wrong? I don't know. I'm, I'm st I still don't know. I thought by now I'd arrive at the answer and I just don't know. He's still fine though. He's still very fine. Very fine. Is this going to be a ghost of Issa's past thing? Like... Is it going to be Daniel next? Is Kofi going to be the new nigga? I wouldn't be mad at that because Kofi was looking fine this episode. He was looking really good. I don't know how much I care for his character because I did understand his point of view in terms of the creative direction that he was going in and everything. I do understand, but I didn't like the fact that he snaked Issa. I felt like given the fact that she had been kind of trying to be 
authentic to what he wanted, but also put him on. Like he, she wanted him to have this opportunity. This wasn't just for her. I think he was looking at it as like, oh, this is for you. You want this for you. No, like nigga, she wants you to have this opportunity. This is why she's fighting. So I feel like for you to blindside her five minutes before the show, I didn't think that was fair. But anyway, it worked out for the best. But I wouldn't mind them fucking. Somebody on the timeline said from enemies to lovers. Oh, I wouldn't be mad at that. I don't want him to be her new man. I feel like she should just decide between Issa, Issa, she should just decide between Daniel, Lawrence and Nathan and I don't, we don't need an extra, it's enough. And you see, this is exactly why I didn't want her ending rooted in Mandem. This is exactly why, because really and truly, whether it's Nathan, Daniel or Lawrence, it's irrelevant to me. I want Issa to have a happy ending that is not rooted in a boyfriend or a man. I, I would like her to end up with one of these niggas at some point in the season, because it's been five seasons. So just let her end up with someone. But I don't want that to be like, oh, this is a happy ending. Do you know what I mean? That can be Molly's because Molly's kind of taken care of in most aspects, especially now that her and Issa are good. In her personal life, she's pretty good. It's really just, and her professional life as well. It's really just her part, like she's looking for a partner. So that can be Molly's happy ending. But Issa, she's been trying to find herself for five seasons. That needs to be achieved at the end of the season. And that's where I'll leave it. So for now, you guys, it has been real. It's been fun. I hope you've enjoyed. I have. Um, so you can find me, your host, Hannah OJ. I am Hannah OJ on all, at I am Hannah OJ, sorry, on all platforms. You can also find the podcast at Underrated Pod on Twitter and at the Underrated Podcast on Instagram. Follow me and check out what I do. So until next time, you guys, it's been real. I'm your host, Hannah OJ, and I'm out. Bye.